Hey, I'm Kevin from Q. This episode of the Q&A's podcast got a motherfucking sponsor. Tactical Distributors, you're on fire. They carry all kinds of cool shit, man. I got my fancy tiger stripe summer pants here that everybody loves. I skate in those. I go to the club in those, pulling honeys all day. If I actually wore, you know, anything to go in my pool or hot tub, it'd probably be these board shorts. They're also tiger stripe. Things like these Ultima boots, the maritime boot that are awesome. I don't even know what that means, but these are summertime hunting boots. Thin sole, like skate shoes. They're lightweight. They breathe. They repel the water. A cool thing about tactical distributors. All right, number one, cool motherfuckers. Number two, their return policy, simple, easy. I never know because I got like the fat feet. So this could be a 10 and a half, could be an 11. I don't know. Older two sizes. I pick one, send it back. It's no trouble. Let's get a little label, send it back. Cost me no money. Tacticaldistributors.com. Promo code. I don't know what you call it. Whatever code at the end. All right. Unpossible 15. Unpossible 15 gets you 15% off. Tacticaldistributors.com. Give them a look. doing them audio and I thought it was real charming that it was terrible on my phone and then when I tried to listen to him I was like oh my god this sucks but when Thomas we just started a marketing department last November that's one of the first things he said he's like for not a lot of money we can make this awesome mm-hmm. and I think he was right like I love the video portion of it but anyway uh, yeah I mean I'm, when I said we would do this it's because I didn't know it was video. Like, <laughs> you didn't? Yeah. This moneymaker is made for radio. <laughs> oh, I figured you were so and fucking now here vain. we go on video and he, shit. I'm like, I figured what you the? were so vain you would only do it. Because no, that's video. why I have the mic so fucking close. So it's close. like a, a COVID mask. You, you can yeah. only see the eyes. Aaron demanded well, that it was video if he was going to do it. I don't doubt that. He probably <laughs> had a rider. He probably had to have cheese and crackers yeah. and shit. When he got here. Which aren't well, here. Oh, well, you did have jalapenos. I, I let Ivana my, know. Uh, cinnamon rolls, so I'm I'm good with that. All right. Well, uh, Adam, it's good to see you, man. Good to be back. Where you been? Working. <laughs> <laughs> Doing the actual work. Yeah. Yeah. How's that yeah. going? It's great. Yeah. <laughs> you got all, all is good. <laughs> yeah, all is well. You got us a new building that yeah. people are dying to know where it is, and I haven't told anyone, and I think we shouldn't. No, we're not ready for that. Yeah. yeah. Well, so today. We're here with a very special, very special, yeah, special friend of ours. Yeah, who was at the grand opening party, launch party, got. Well, he had a very good time. Very Aaron good time. Hampton, how you doing, buddy? Man, I couldn't be better. I'm so happy to be here with you. Appreciate <laughs> the invite. You you look static. Hey, so, you know my I carry my joy on the inside. Hmm. Can't show that shit off because then people try to take it. They do. They try they to do. take your joy. And JB, also EOTech, or, or Voodoo, that's a part of EOTech. What's the yeah, deal? That's okay. our rifle scope line. Okay. So if it's got um, magnification or glass, how do, you, how do we say? If it's not a holographic, it's Voodoo. So nope. kind of just look at it as, and, and for, you know, 20 plus years, uh, everybody just called an EOTech an EOTech, right? The, yeah. But that's actually our HWS. Like Kleenex. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
but that's our holographic weapon site. So EOTech is the brand, so a Ford, and the HWS was kind of our F-150, but since we only had one model, everybody just called it an EOTech. A HWS, that's the thing. The, the holographic the, the holograph. site. That's yeah, this yeah. right here. That's our our Which I talk about site. often. So if that's the F-150, what's the Ford equivalent of the Voodoo stuff? So the Voodoo stuff, I would say, is... Ford Raptor. It's an F-150, but uh, so now I would say that we take our... Uh, the reason I called it F-150 is because it's kind of our workhorse, mm -hmm. right? So I would say it's a 250 now, and our Voodoo is our Raptor. You mm -hmm. know, it's very high performance, uh, and it it's a great value. Like, that's what we set off to do yeah. with Voodoo. I'm going to get to that in a minute. To, to, you, to get you something really cool at a great value. But, I mean, let's, let's, let's ease just into told, this. I know. Kevin. You just told me something about that, and I was yeah. shocked a few minutes ago. Yeah. But anyway, so um, known you for a long time. We're going to do a podcast of just you tomorrow and tell war stories. Oh, Jesus. You're going to want to listen up for that. I mean, listen to this because there's going to be some good stuff here. But, but big camping. Listen to that. We're, we're going to discuss some great stories about Aaron Hampton. You know, we just talked about you paying attention and remembering shit. And I was thinking about big pimping on the flight up here. I knew you I were went, terrified. Yeah. And I was going to. You know what? He's not going to remember that. Oh, yeah. I remember it. I remember yeah. the whole story. You anyway. have to tune into the next one for so that. Though. Were you at so. the Q? Party at Q or yeah. Tom of the yeah. Shaw Show party. Yeah. yeah. And and he, that one. Mm -hmm. And that one, yeah. Yeah. He did. And he was the life of the party, had a great time. Yep. Great time. Great time. I don't, don't remember much of it. I was gonna say I don't know how long it took you to recover. <laughs> but um all right. Well you're at Ediotech now. I'm Ediotech now. And you've been involved with them for a long time. Long time. Uh, I guess at least 11 years. Maybe, Jesus, yeah. Maybe more yeah. than that. Well, what do you fellas do there? Go ahead. I'd love, I'd love to give you <laughs> Actually, my... Look, I'd that's love what to I do when people st ask me. I'm like, no, I'm not he really hasn't done much. shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's only about a week. It's like well, he's still saying it's my well, first day. Well, that's the shit part. Like, my normal go-to response, as honest as it is, isn't appropriate sitting next to my new boss now, which is <laughs> I do as little as possible. He's uh, going to find out after tomorrow's it, podcast. No, 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 no. no. He, I already he, know. Listen, it's been know. 11 years. Yeah, he, he be like, no, well, but well, okay, well, maybe we should ask JB. What, what's he JB. supposed to do? What, what's, his what's his job title and description Well, and, and his last review? What, what's he, how'd that work? I already have his review pre-written because <laughs> I know no him surprises. so well. He's been awesome uh, with us for the last, like you said, 11 years or so. He's been a consultant with us, and he helped um, yeah, really bring voodoo to life. He brought yeah, right. voodoo to life. Yep, yep. So we had a, we have a really a perfect mix. We had a product manager, Mark Miller. We had Aaron as a consultant that brought in a lot of extra uh, experience to it, and then I I do all of the marketing part of it. So it was a great team, but he brought a, a ton of. Uh, experience and knowledge to really yeah. launch that product. He's so got a lot of good connections and resources. He does. He yeah. really does. Yeah. yeah. yeah I don't like to throw him a lot of compliments. Shooting and testing. True. And you're right. Getting it in front of the right people to, to really kind of um, test it and tell you what, what's right and what's wrong. You know, he, he did all of that. So um, we found it was valuable. We we're, we're launching other things, more diversified products. Um, now that we're kind of away from L3 and we can get to that a little later. We're getting into a lot of other things. So yeah, you guys showed me some new stuff that we can't talk about, and I'm super excited. Yeah, yeah. So he is uh, brought on uh, direct as a second product manager to not only help with this stuff, but also our diversified products, our extended stuff. There, there is a long list of things I do not like about Aaron Hampton. 
Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, it's not, that's not true, actually. Um, but with product management, I would think you would be hard-pressed to do better, in my opinion. Yeah. I think the we have a good one, too, but I think what we've found is it's got to be a perfect mix of engineering mindset and then the marketing mindset and Aaron has that's exactly what he has it's not yeah. not too nerdy I mean, and knows gotta, everything you got to be able to speak both languages because you really are a liaison yeah. between so many different departments yeah and right. I, I want to get into your background more tomorrow Aaron. we have a podcast and I get to we get to just like pick on one another but um I mean where you and I met at the army marksmanship unit you, you know just being around the greatest shooters in the world and you being I mean, number one, personable, a really smart guy, charismatic. But even an idiot can learn so much from those guys and understand what is, what's needed, what's not, what's bullshit, you know, in fiction, what's necessary. Um, and, and just, God, your tenure there, I don't know. How long were you there? Let's see, 13 years? 13 years. Yeah, Jesus. So. So 13 years with 12, 13 years, yeah. And, and and I want to get into it more tomorrow with you directly, but being with the best professional shooters in the world on a daily basis, what you can learn there, and, and you know, I, I've had a, a situation with someone who had been in a different but similar experience in a very elite situation for a long time. One thing I appreciate about Aaron, which I had a talk with this individual for, and I had, I had to fire him from our company, was, and I told him, this is, this is more or less a quote, it doesn't matter if you got a billion dollars worth of ideas in your head if I can't get them out. And, right. and like Adam was saying, um, I think Aaron is someone sort of like me, like you can kind of see both sides and understand what can be successful for a commercial product, uh, especially, or, you know, you, I mean, it's easy with the military. You like listen to what they need, whatever. But a commercial product and trying to drive change and develop new product and understand what can be successful in the market and what's needed and, and everything from price point to feature set uh, to quality. Um, I mean, because, Aaron, you and I both know, and, and JB, I'm sure you do too, and, and Adam, I mean, your time in special weapons at SIG especially. But w with the military optics it's like i like a lot of night force stuff they make great quality stuff but it, it's like if i'm shooting with the guys that we knew in, in the military and we're at the range and we're prone and whatever it doesn't matter if your gun weighs 20 pounds right but when i'm hunting i don't want that and a lot of the stuff for instance in a night force is a lot of stuff that addresses military concerns that that and i speak to it all the time that that are not a concern to me I don't care if it's a self-defense situation. Like I, I keep a, a, I keep a carbine in my bedroom, and I don't need it to withstand all the drop test, um, submersion, salt fog. I just need something that's going to work for me, um, you know, inside my house or for this particular situation. So th that's something where I think understanding the military products, especially when it comes to optics and things of this nature. And then a commercial product. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, you always have the crossover, like whatever the military's using. A lot of the right. commercial guys want to buy. But when it comes to practical stuff, like for me, for hunting, or me, you know, I hunt with my honey badger, I hunt with the fix all the time. Um, I just want what I need for me. I don't care what anybody else is using. I don't care what the Navy uses. And I, I think that's where it becomes 
important if you want to drive forward product. There's only so many people. Um, you know, this was a great example. This scope you guys did years ago. 5 to 25, it's about half the size of anything else at the time. Um, it's not the lightest scope in the world, but for one offering that magnification range, right. it's an incredible weight, but an incredible size. This is a, a, a terrific scope. Um, if I'm just shooting at the range, I use this scope. But for me, for hunting, I want a little less than five power sure, most sure. of the time. Yep. And, and and so that's like my only issue with that. But you guys, I think, came out of the gate with this. And on oh, that originally, yeah, you had the larger scope. But first. it just took a long time to compress that light path and use a 5X erector to, to get there without having massive trade offs. Yeah, I no mean, sacrifice. everybody here does product development right so we know that you just can't have it all and you can't have it all for cheap but no you, you can, can i you mean can definitely with optics it's like it's like land you it, can't get you it all for, right yeah I mean, or an it, automobile it, what yeah i mean you're not going to get something you take to the drag strip and you get groceries with and you you know you, right you know i what, mean and if you do you're going to pay for it but it's still going to be a compromise well, in some places well this is a, a what do you guys call this it's a five to twenty five five to twenty five super short Super short. Okay, so explain to me what is incredible. And, and I still think, I mean, how long ago was this, seven or eight years ago? No, uh, that's only been on the market for about two years. Yeah. No way. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah it's been on the market. Now, what you're confused about is that you received prototypes like oh. way before okay. that. Okay. Uh, and, and you'll recall that those had some hewing issues um, because we were trying, at that point, we were still trying to figure out what the right uh, coatings were going to be so that yeah. we got the best. So we were dealing with a little bit of uh, chromatic aberrations and a couple of other distortions as we were finalizing, and that's why we sent them out to you to get some, you know, to, to, to get some time behind them to tell us what those problems were. So when you start to compress a light path, you know, it's easy. And when you say that, what do you mean? Like we're making make this it shorter. shorter? We're going to yeah. make it shorter. Because most 25 power scopes, like the one over behind Adam, is probably 25. That's a, sure. I don't know, that's I mean, an old little pole, which it, it's a great scope, but like it weighs about length. twice yeah. as much, and it's about this long. Right. And 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 even if we if we grab that one and put it on the table, and you took a look, like even with the fix, you've got very little rail space to add, you know, ancillary yeah. devices once you put something that long. Yeah, and yeah, then, and, and and this was just actually to interrupt you again. Aaron, no worries. Was for we went to Wyoming and that was just shooting from the bench and shooting prone and shooting out to fifteen hundred meters. Well, damn it, you can't just take it. In <laughs> but the you're low. right. We have a long top rail and you don't have that much room. Watch the coffee cup. All right. Yeah, and that's a great optic. I like it, but I would never consider that for a hunting optic. So I mean, it's a fantastic optic. But and and what you guys did all day long. The only reason it's not my scope hundred percent of the time is because I like being able to dial down a little more. Sure. Yeah. And and we're addressing that, but, you know, it's one of those things where you could have done the honey badger out of the gate really well, really, really fast. Yeah. But you took some time to do what was really difficult at the same time. Yeah. So we started the development process on this when we launched our first three scopes. But those three first focal plane scopes helped us to arrive at this. So making it this long with the larger objective 
I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's been done before. Yeah, so I mean, you, it's established. That's out You there. already know the prescriptions. You already know what coatings are necessary. And, and you know who, who the buyer of that is. Exactly. It, it's like that's just a certain set of, uh, of folks that want that. And so what we wanted to do was something that was difficult. You know, we wanted to do the hard rate, but something that made sense. I mean, you look at AR-10 platforms. We're getting shorter and shorter and shorter, less and less rail space. Um, at the time... Our sister company made night vision equipment and thermals and clip-ons. And so we wanted something that even a guy with short arms and panda hands like me could not break your shooting position and be able to adjust the game yeah. and do the things that are yeah. important. I mean, do. you're right. Being behind that and even reaching the front of this scope, mm-hmm. nearly being behind the, just, it, just it, to for flip an your average cover size up, guy. I need to do that before I'm in position yeah. because otherwise I'm going to break position. So we wanted to do this, and it was really hard, and we had to learn a lot about the development of those light paths. So it took us a while to get it here, but now that we have that and we have that understanding, we're able to move forward into other directions and go more into pretty much exactly what you talked about earlier, which is how do we also meet up with that sportsman-oriented guy? Because I'll tell you, it's easy-ish to be a military product development guy. Because yeah, they'll tell you everything. They tell you everything. Now, most of it's written in science fiction as opposed to fact. <laughs> I mean, they, they've how long have they wanted a, a shot counter integrated into every... Oh, I mean, uh, yeah. some of this stuff... Yeah, you just, just put it in the grip, it's fine. Yeah, and, and, and it's easy, right? Uh, and so there's that part. And I learned early on, you know, starting a consulting company because I was smart. I wasn't smart enough. I was lucky enough to marry a wife that was smarter than me. And she was like, hey, you know you give away a lot of ideas and one day you're going to have to retire. So you should formalize that stuff. And that's how we started the consulting company. Oh, that's Side cool. Shout bar, out to her. That's cool. I had a crappy card back then <laughs> and uh, it was from Office Max and it still had the little perforations and stuff on it. And I gave one to Kevin and he was like, oh, this is kind of a shitty card. <laughs> Did I really? Oh yeah, total, total dick move. And uh, then what? he gave me his card, and it was it was like ridiculously awesome, like super thick, and all kinds of cutouts and different colors, and and he, and he foil direct and foil, and he directed me to Lindsay, and was like, hey, she could tell you where you could get some good cards from. A like, total <laughs> dick move. So. Uh, I, I, I upped assistant. my game after that. But what he's that trying was, to say is thank you. But that was like 2008, <laughs> I think, or seven or eight. Anyway, uh, we learned back then from dealing with a program with Remington that the one thing you can't do is chase that military marble. You can run it around, and eventually it's going to fall through a little hole because you're either going to lose that contract or it's going to get defunded or it's going to get put on hold. And if all you've done is focused on that requirement document, you're going to end up with a product that costs a fulfillion dollars and nobody can buy it. Yeah. So the way that we try to look at everything is we want to meet those end user needs, but we want to do it where we end up with a product that is marketable. Yeah. Uh, well, I think you got there. it there. And I've got a couple of questions on it. All right. <coughs> and to add, I don't have to a to cough add button somewhere. To add to the point you were making about chasing those contracts, if it does fall through, a lot of times you don't end up with a commercially viable product that's right, exactly. to make up yeah, for it. Yeah, that's totally right. Yeah, you know, we so saw that with you know, a lot saying, of products. It, it yeah. costs a fulfillion dollars and nobody else can buy it or I nobody mean, else it, wants it's, to buy it. It's the yeah. thing. Like, you want to be in with the military and you can be, but, you, you know, it's like everybody else. Like, with your kids, you got to know when to say, no, nah, we ain't doing that. Yep. Um, and, and 
so having someone that has that understanding, and, and I think you you know your time in the military, understanding those guys and what's viable and what's not, you, you know, especially AMU, we can produce the greatest shooters in the world. They're going to win every gold medal, and we're going to develop stuff. But does that translate to the average guy and the average gun? Yeah, sometimes yeah, sometimes no. Um, you know, I've been through it with AMU a ton, whether it's ammo or you know just name the thing. You know, it was like 300 blackout. You guys had the best shooter, I think, in the world at the time. The AMU would develop 300 blackout. And he was winning every three-gun competition. And so for us to prove that 300 blackout was, uh, you know, could compete in that, all we did was get him to use 300 blackout because he could have won with a 22 long rifle. Sure. And, and um, so it is interesting to know like what's reality, what's marketing and what you need to build. But uh, a couple questions. So this, I understand the size. If you're thinking about the SR 25 or the AR 10 gas guns, what, what drove the five to 25? So we, when we were finally able to kind of get into that size, constraints you know so mm -hmm. once we had figured out yeah. that package size like what's the shortest we can get it uh we ended up settling on a 5x erector because that's what we could cram in there and still get enough light gathering not have so, a lot of trade yeah the erector so so basically people who are listening don't understand it's it's like fives a calm the fuck down please. Right. fives a minimum power so a 5x erector so five times five 25 gets you the maximum power right um so, and, and that's nothing new. No, but that's in, nothing new in, in this size. It, it's and difficult. so it's that, and it's is it it's that engineering, and it's the coating on the lenses that gets you to a price point. There's 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 that, and then there. So let's talk glass first. Okay, all right, because everybody likes to talk about how great their glass is, yeah. and what this is, and what that is. So, um, you know, back in our day. You know, because uh, oh, we're all a bit, we're, we're, we're not quite millennials any ever. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, we got millennial kids, right? So uh, what you would hear about from a scope was always what the light transmission was. You know, yeah. that, that, that was that, that key. When yeah, I was, was a kid and got element. into guns, it, it was considered that the bigger the objective, the more light exactly. you get. more light you get in. And in it's, my ignorance, that's that's what I heard and believed initially. And it's not that that's not true. It's just that there's a lot more to that story. So what I always told when we first launched Voodoo, uh, and we had a lot of tribulations with the launch of Voodoo, and we can talk about that later. It was just the, the, the state of our company at the time. Um, at the time, you guys are owned by L3. We were owned by L3 Technologies, and we had just been, you know, had a had a lawsuit from the government. And so, when we launched this at Shot Show, the consensus at Shot Show was that we were there going, "Hey, look at this shiny thing. Let's not talk about this other thing," which wasn't true at all. You talking uh, about this? Talking about that wasn't true at all, other than the fact that we were not able to talk about yeah. the lawsuit because... Well, what was it? Can you say it now? Sure. L3 Technologies was, a, or and now L3 Harris, is a government contractor. And if you're a government contractor, you're going to get sued by the government. You know, it just, it's the nature of the beast. It's what happens. I've been sued a couple times. Yeah. So 
We were sued um, for the holographic weapon site because, and I won't name agencies or anybody else that, that decided this, but what it all boiled down to was it brought a new term into our culture, thermal drift, right? So everybody now has heard of thermal drift. At the time, thermal drift was not a thing. The requirement for that close quarters optic said that it needed to operate between this temperature and this temperature, and the storage temperature was between this temperature and this temperature. Okay, so, so that was part of the contract. Yep, and okay. it did. It okay. did that. It did that Operate. flawlessly. It yep. operated flawlessly in that. But another government agency figured out that, hey, if I zero this thing at minus 20 Celsius and then bring it someplace that's plus 60 Celsius, the zero is going to shift. It's going to be somewhere else. It was, did that meet the initial requirement? That wasn't part of the requirement. The requirement was operate. Operating temperature. Right? Yeah. So when you fly, when you zero your rifle here and then you fly to Africa, what's pretty much the first thing you do when you get to Africa before you hunt? Oh, I always confirm zero. Mm -hmm. So if you went from minus 20 Celsius to plus 60, you'd probably... Yeah, because, you know, my cheap ass don't want to shoot something and not recover it and pay for it. That's so. definitely going to be the funniest thing we've heard today, his no. cheap ass. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I, I'm not, but, but I get, you know, and the thing is, if if you were PR and you guys are, you know, well, you're, well, you're in charge of marketing. Yep. Um, you know, that could sound like bullshit maybe, but my experience, that seems hundred percent legit well it's physics right i mean well i mean there's a the scientific side but there's right. also the government side sure. and it's like you know it's so hard when no, no, you're no, only no, going to no, get no, a product no. as good on. as a requirement I, I i would never want to cut you off in your own home and on your own podcast <clears throat> but <laughs> that wasn't here we just are. the base <laughs> yeah but uh which means everything before that is bullshit uh no the so that wasn't that was the basis of it but what happened was that our engineers, and we have some really great scientists and engineers that work for EOTech, yeah. had already realized this was a thing. And we're working on a way to say, hey, you know, it's physics, so we can't change it. Not yeah. in, in the space and time that we exist as humans on yeah, planet Earth, this to is going to happen. God's physics. Right? Yeah, that's a tough one. But how do we mitigate it as much as possible? Well, when or this predicted or right you know, when this other agency figured this out and came back and then it was made aware that we knew about it, but we didn't say anything. But the problem is it's physics. Right. And we figured something out through development cycles and they're trying to fix. So in any yeah, case, I mean, that's why I we mean, got that's the constant evolution of products. I mean, right. we, we do it whether it's the honey badger, the silencers, the fix, anything that we do. I, I, I hope mean, everybody they, does, right? Well, I mean, that's I, the, I think that's so the hope, many people, right? so many people don't. But if yeah. you're not under, I think it's changing more now because of social media, because every asshole in the world can make it known sure. throughout the world easily now. And the downside to that with social media is there's so much hate and bullshit. But occasionally it's how things happen. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, with this, because it's also true. Like, I know working with our engineers, and, you know, we're doing 8.6 blackout development now, a new cartridge, and we learn new shit every week. And, you know, I think for us, it's not being part of a government program, really. I mean, they're involved to some degree, but it's, 
our project. We own it. We're driving it, and we're going to release it when we're ready. Right. And we figure stuff out every week, and about once a month, we figure out something we thought a month ago was bullshit. Sure. And, you know, then it's up to me or Adam to decide, is that something that's necessary for anyone to know? So right. so I understand this from a product development standpoint, but I think if it's played a certain way, it makes you – you could make anybody seem like a dirtbag. And and that's re- exactly what happened. Okay, I buy that. We've always been uh Eotech has always been a commercial company that's had government contracts. Yeah. But because our parent company was a government well, contractor, we had to operate like a government contracting oh, company. Yeah, understood. So if you're a government contractor and you get sued by the government, the first thing you do is shut the hell up yep. and pay up. Yeah. And then you don't say anything about it until it's done. So yeah. L3 it's Technology said, it's tough damn it, EOTech. We're going to write this check for $25 million. So that means Thursday afternoon, we're not making any profit. All because of you guys. And they wrote the check and told us to shut up. And JB begged and pleaded and worked his butt off to finally get us to be able to market. We had two years where we couldn't say anything. We couldn't even market voodoo. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that because to me, if you had, if you guys were dishonest and and, and you had that intent from the beginning, that's one thing. If you don't, it seems all. And I'm sure Adam, like knowing you personally too, it's it, it, it's like if you didn't have that intent, you might as well answer the question exactly because it's reasonable. Like we're not trying to cheat or steal anyone, right. you know, from anyone. It's it, it is what it is. Well, was EOTech. It was acquired by L3, or was it an L3 developed no, company? No, it was, it was, L3 has never developed a company. Okay, so they've it was all, an acquisition. Yep, we were an acquisition. But let me just r- roll it up before JB jumps in, because he's chomping at the bit. And oh, the, I, I don't see him chomping <laughs> at any great. bits. The, the issue is... I'm going to just head out for a minute. <laughs> the issue we is... We should go grab a beer. They... <laughs> After all of his begging and pleading to, to listen, we need to talk to our customer. We need to make a response. L3's, uh, I guess, olive branch to us was, okay, well, you still can't address it, but we'll do, if, if you're right and your customers have lost faith, you can't tell them why they should still have faith and why this is all BS, but you can buy their site back from them. Yeah. It sounds like L3 is Remington. It's it's similar. It, it I, is. I, you know, it's it's huge corporate, and you're not going to let a dime stop a dollar, right? I mean, well, in uh, our okay. best well, year, we were less than one half of one percent of their revenue. I was going to say nobody. that's where I was going to yeah, go with we're this nobody. because I understood being advanced armament. You know, when I was advanced armament within Cerberus, a thirty billion dollar company, we're growing a hundred percent a year at a sixty percent margin. So I just like basically go to work and print money. That's what I did. And but it was so little money, right? Yeah. It didn't matter. It, it was never it's, gonna it's, how it's, we were. Yeah. Well, not know. looking at ten years down the road, or oh, it's so frustrating. Well, All right, so you guys, we got through that ish, but we were never able to to properly. So address did it. the commercial market like like I don't know because I don't I'm not a cloner and I don't stay on the forums and shit. How was this perceived from? Adam, you probably know better. Oh, than a me. lot of people looked at it as a way to get a quick five hundred bucks or whatever. Oh, totally. Right. We had people. Oh, yeah. We had people that actually told us. Yeah. That I love my site. Yeah. But I'm sending it back because I need I Christmas need money. Exactly. 
Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. So yeah. I, I could have sent my like action. original EOTEX yeah. back and get 500 Class bucks. We, we had products that we made in 1996 that looked nothing like that. Come I, back. I, I have one upstairs I'm going to give you too guys. Who's get, got 500? Too late. You, you got 500 same. bucks on it? <laughs> Listen, five times a day yeah. we get that. I had so you're not giving me five hundred dollars. You're not getting no, five hundred dollars. that. No. Never buy any of <laughs> I had two during this whole thing, and I kept them both. Well, like, and, that, and no. well, you know, it's, it's interesting for me because going through all of these things and to cut you off in my own house. Yes, please. <laughs> um, you know, a group that I'm very passionate about and worked closely with for a long time that they claim responsibility for turning these batteries this direction, mm-hmm. and. You know, it's maybe something else because, I mean, I think that whole thing now has been played out in social media and all the other fucking avenues and all the everybody gets it. Um, you know, w- w- what they told me was that an aim point was pro and this was 10, 12 years ago, most durable product they had had that was a dot. But they ran EOTEX primarily because it's so much faster. Exactly. That's right. And, and you know, these were guys. The, who the actually end of the spear, right? Uh, yeah, the, the very I, I, tippy tip. And people say that it's a thing, but you know, you know, from my exposure to them and yours would equal it is they are the dudes that actually fucking shoot everyone. Absolutely, actually shoot everyone at two feet at two thousand yards. They're the ones that actually shot everyone from two thousand one to two thousand eleven. And they told me they were like, "Look, we ran aim points. We used to run them. Some guys still run them." Not very many. The aim point tends to be a little lighter weight and more durable. This is so much faster, and the field of view is better. This is what I run on my gun to defend my life. And, Absolutely. And, and as a result of that, otherwise, because I like lightweight. I, I mean, even the Delta Point Pro on my Honey Badger, I like it. Dude, I you this is not a gym body. I like light too. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I appreciate you being here. Like yeah, I yeah. look like a fucking specimen with you here. You do. So um dressed. <laughs> <laughs> we get naked that's Let's, keep it, let's <laughs> keep it that way. Disclaimer. Okay. okay. <laughs> I don't know. We can do this naked. I don't we, care. Tomorrow? Hey, <laughs> yeah, I'm down. Thomas, make a Pornhub account real quick. <laughs> but I, um, you just use mine. But, <laughs> but you know, like uh, but, you know, I know there's been a lot of changes over the years, uh, you know, actually like turning the, the batteries sure. perpendicular to the bore axis. buttons on the side. I mean, we've done a lot. What was important about buttons on the side? So so let's uh, I want to address that. So the EOTech shit, like you guys went all through all that shit and the scar fucked a bunch of stuff up. And you guys kind of, I think, got we're we are scar certified. Yep, We passed scar. We passed scar. Well, where, that's probably everything. What does that mean? Where we well, scar. uh Look, I'm, I, mean, I, I, can I can't say means, a but. lot about it because I have a lot of unhappy thoughts about FN as a company. Okay, JB, what does that mean? But <laughs> yeah. FN has the worst, the Scar Heavy has the worst recoil profile destroys possible. Optics. And it destroys You know, optics. it's so funny because, you know, I have the very first Scar Heavy ever produced. Uh, paint me surprised. Mm. <laughs> I just want to... Finish up the the lawsuit part because I think this part's important. Which is, we got a part of that lawsuit was we got to stop use, where uh, not U.S. SOCOM it. said we're not going to use this anymore uh, because you know you lied to the government. So the response. So so this wasn't affecting 
99.999% of the guns and users. They think you were lying to the government because you discovered something that affects something that was was not not in the requirement. Right. Well, and And that wasn't a thing. And you didn't go to Before this, there was no... The the thermal drift was not in our lexicon. Yeah, I was going to say, I've dealt with them enough to know if you discover something that's outside the profile of the contract and requirements, Mm -hmm. like... There's no avenue to go to them, or th- correct. Yeah, and so since there wasn't, but it looked like we hit it. it it's it's long and crazy, and of course, because now if we would have been the way we are now, just an independent company, we probably would have fought that, and more than likely, yeah. Won. I mean, but well, they probably wouldn't have fucked with you. Honestly, well, the bigger right. thing too is you have companies that go through similar things; they get sued all the time, and it's all on how you approach the damage, right? Right. Magpul did it with a magazine. They came right out and said. Hey, yeah, we fucked up. We're going to take it back and we're going to fix all the stuff. And people love it. But when you hide and mm-hmm. you can't say anything and yeah. you got to do the shiny penny thing with some other stuff, then people yeah, start it, questioning. Yeah, it 100% seems like you're guilty. Right. Yeah. Know. And yeah. so. Yeah, from a marketing standpoint, JB, I, I agree with how frustrating tough. for you. I, but to get, I, I would have flipped my desk. To get past that part, just so that your, your viewers and watchers can realize that what we're saying isn't a spin, the reality is this. Some brilliant young engineer at Picatinny uh, said, you know what, as we do the test for this replacement, because they, you know, they had to do a a very fast turn since you're going to stop use this. And we had so many EOTechs already filled it. We're going to use the EOTech as the baseline. And they selected five premium quality red dot sites. And they went through a, a phenomenal testing regimen where they went directly from freezer to oven and were checking what the thermal drift was. And guess what? Everybody had thermal shift. Uh-oh. And guess what? Ours was lower than the right. other five baselines. Oh. And guess what? SOCOM immediately. So they gave issued. you your money back and apologized. Nope. No. Oh, come <laughs> but, on. But they did continue to use our product. They However, did. that was not as clickbaitable as U.S. SOCOM says they're not using mm-hmm. EOTech. So no one reported on that part. Somehow that document so they went, was never so leaked it, to soldiersystems.net. All right. So is that legit, JB? That's what happened? That's exactly what happened. Yep. No. Don't worry. The dozens it, of our listeners are going to spread the word. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> you say that. So we got hosed on that. It's a very attuned listening group. And at that point, Everybody realized that thermal drift's a thing. I mean, physics is a thing. Uh, all materials expand and contract at different rates. And so when you put, until we can find a, a good so supply y- of unobtainable. You had to pay them a bunch of money. They bunch suspended money. this. Then we spent a bunch a of money buying back. And they reinstated. Well, our silence, too, was not just like at SHOT Show. It, right. was, it was two, two years. years where we couldn't say a word. And, and that ties into voodoo because that was two years we couldn't talk about voodoo. Right. Because L3 said, well, no, if you talk about voodoo, people are going to ask about HWS, and we can't talk about that. Oh so it was God. two years of just of nothing. You're making me want to retire right now. Nah, we got that's, out of that. That's big corp. Uh, that's big corp. Yep. It was, so, it was you retiring from AAC. And all of it really was... Just so that they protected all their other companies and their contracts. Yeah, they don't those give countries. a shit about. Yeah, it, they didn't care. About yeah, it. and well, we're the only. We were the only consumer-facing company in their portfolio. Well, over a hundred okay. companies. Well, 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 let's move on. For my blood pressure yeah. goes to the roof. Yeah. <laughs> what, what? If you took the optics out of the equation at the Picatinny test, 
And just to put the gun in and out of the thermal chamber, assuming you could keep dude, it in position. Dude, let's put the guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, let's put the dude. Let's exactly. put the dude who went from minus twenty to yeah. plus sixty. Exactly. All right. You're. Th- this is what you need to worry about at that point. Yeah. But the fact was, it was it was a knee jerk reaction. Now we learned a lot from that, not just in terms of how we build and the the different CTs of the different materials and how to minimize that as much as possible. And, of course, about uh, marketing or the lack thereof and, and what happens to it, to your, your brand and your company with it. But one of the things that we learned from it that I don't know, I'm not 100% certain we would have figured out um, without having to go through all of the BS that we went through, is that we have never properly educated the consumer, whether they're military or uh, commercial, on the advantages of holography and why it's better. Because that same group that you said said they were responsible for the horizontal turn, which they were, uh, you know, there's guys there who've been shooting guys with uh, EOTech HWSs for 15 plus years. And I sit down and talk to them and I'm like, why is it faster? And they go, well, you know, because it's got the bigger window and I can see more in my peripheral vision and da 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 da. And you go, well, really, those are ancillary effects of the light path that we have to put together to replay a, a hologram. The reality of it is it's faster because of holography. And we've never really well, properly well, well, articulated What do you mean? It's not, it's not the circle? It, it, the circle, That's the fact that, that, that but the it. reason that we yep. can do that circle and the reason we can do that one MOA dot is because of holography. But what's most important about that is the fact that we can use that hologram to essentially trick your brain into believing that that reticle is is taking place at the same distance. Well, what as do you mean? How, how's that happen? How's that different ref- than a name? Refresh rates. So, well, it's not really the refresh rate. It's it's how we can record that uh, hologram because a hologram is actually a, a, a recording of light. All right. So when you look at a, a traditional red dot scope. I've got an LED, and no matter what mask I put on it, it's reflecting on a front lens, and Mm -hmm. my eye is seeing that reflected light. With a hologram, I can use our laser and our mask to record a hologram or a holographic image on on a glass plate that the parallax is set in such a way that your brain perceives that as being somewhere between five and 200 meters away from you. So here's the best way I can explain it, because I am not a scientist. You know this. I do. What I try to explain to people is, like, if you uh, fighter jet, all right, the heads-up display in a fighter jet is a hologram. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's completely holographic. In your car, your heads-up display is a reflection of an LED, right? You've got an LED light source in, your, in the dash, and it's reflecting onto the windscreen. So the benefit is that I don't have to look at the dashboard. I can look at the windscreen. But if you notice, you still have to shift your focus, right? You can see it, but to read it, you've got to shift your focus. Well, you can't do that doing Mach 2 in a fighter jet because life is happening here. You can't afford to change your focus. You have to continue to look out. So with a holographic site, what we're able to do is if a target appears at 100 yards, when you bring your sight to your eye, 
with a holographic site, your eye believes that that reticle is taking place at that same 100 yards. So you never shift focus. If you bring a red dot to your eye, because that dot is actually right here, your eye is going to automatically refocus on that near dot. Similar and to iron sights. Similar to iron right. sights. Oh. And now you have so to shift your focus. So it's not the circle as much as... The circle allows you to find it faster. Right. So the holograph allows you to maintain your focus on the intended exactly. target. Exactly. Oh. And so you can I've take never a... I've heard it explained this way. A, That's interesting. You can take a 1x red dot, right? And yeah. keep both eyes open. But over time, what's going to happen is your non-dominant eye is going to start to twitch and want to close up because your eye is constantly shifting focus between the target image and the reticle or that dot because the dot is taking place right here. With a holographic sight, you don't have to make that shift. Your eye doesn't refocus, so it saves you hundreds or thousands of a second. And that's what wins gunfights, right? So the guys knew it was faster. Yeah, according to the guys that really shoot people. And so as a consequence of that because of our light path that's why you get a rectangular window that's why you get such a large display well th that's a great way to explain it because another thing i like is that i don't want to worry about dirt or something getting on it and blocking it so what i need to know is then how do i get one a third the size okay so that Th that's what I want in the that's weight magic question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that that's the uh, so the weight is a well, thing. magic ain't cheap and I got a pocketbook. I got you know, it. So one of the things that uh, I'm sure you dealt with at AAC, you know, dealing with Remington is, mm. hey, man, if it works, keep rocking it. Um. Let, let's keep bringing in the ducats. Well, well, maybe it's a good this. time. Maybe maybe it's a good time to talk to about the changes. Say. So maybe we'll ask JB. I think you should. So okay. Sure so you guys, what happened? I'll interrupt. Because <laughs> I was always confused. Like, so you guys are part of L three. Then th then what happened? This is where you are now. Right. So um, like around two thousand five is when L three came in. We were just winning the SOCOM contract. Uh, so our value is high. L3 is a acquisition company. They came in, bought us, and uh, I'll, I'll give them credit. They infused a lot of money and, and helped us progress that way. Yeah. But that's really about all they helped. You know, it, it really stifled marketing, stifled product development at that point. Yeah, I mean, I think anybody out there that works for a big company can kind of understand some of yeah. this. Yeah. Yep. So we struggled. Um, uh, but... You know, and then we went through, um, you know, we did launch some products. We launched magnifiers. We did launch the transverse battery and, and things like that. But, again, it was always just a, a struggle because they're a, a defense company and we were a commercial company. So what what's their main product? What maybe let's let's um, for for people to recognize their main product is, um, you know, the scanners at the airport that you go through and you lift your hands up and they oh do that. Lord. Yeah. Okay. So their brand, that's, that's probably the most recognizable L3 product. When the military, let's say, what's, uh, what's their most recognizable? A lot of uh, surveillance and reconnaissance stuff. They do, uh, you know, they did have a, so a lot of electronic stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They also right. did a lot of labor. I mean, they, they provided, um, contract work and, and all kinds of stuff. So they okay. they had their hands in everything. Yeah, I mean, they have sensors and their technology is in space and at the bottom of the ocean and oh, everywhere shit. in between. Like oh. L3, uh, when we were divet or prior to the merger of L3 and Harris, uh, L3 had 
uh, right around 100 companies in their portfolio. Jesus. How many employees yeah. L3 have? 60,000 at one point. I oh, think it's shit. probably more now that they merged with Harris. Yeah, but, I would imagine. Um, I know the number went down, but yeah, about probably 50,000, 60,000 people. Uh, okay. So at EOTech, how many you got? Um, it fluctuates, but I think we're probably around 175 to okay. 200. So to understand that difference. All right. So, uh, you guys are part of L3. Yep. And yeah. So and starting in 05? 05. Yep. All the way into, uh, you know, we struggled all the way up to 2000. Um, well, 2018, they fired me. Uh, but then they merged with, I've been there. Yeah. It feels, it actually was the greatest thing that could have happened, but, uh, because also been there <laughs> because in the next the following months l3 merged with uh, a, a bigger giant Ooh. in harris harris communications mm-hmm. yeah yep. so now instead of being a 15 billion dollar company they're like a 40 billion dollar company um so i wasn't at eotech for that pain but these guys were and um the beaut- the, the greatest thing that came out of it was harris was the alpha dog and they said at one point we're going to get rid of every commercial segment we have. We are not a commercial company. So we're going to divest in everything commercial. Yeah. Uh, never thought it would have happened, but they ended up putting Neotech up on the uh, the selling block, and a lot of people um, were interested. There was a group of um, former Neotech people, my former boss, um, one of our international guys at one point, they kind of put together a group and found some equity, uh, private equity guys, and they put in a bid. And because we were a U.S. company and not some of these international big ones, um, L3 Harris wanted to work through them to kind of get it done so that the okay, shareholders... Okay, so that's what happened. So yep. it's like former EOTech employees bought the company. Yeah. Like private equity funding. Yep. And so those uh, three are active. They're all presidents at some level, um, international domestic and one's our CTO and they brought me back and I brought some people back and now it's the old EOTech gang trying to do the shit we wanted to do back in 2005. Okay, so so from my standpoint, what we should take away from this is you guys got the experience of working with a big company, military contractor. So the good and the bad, that goes away. You have that experience. You have the people who are still motivated. You get some cash. You buy it back. And now we should see some innovation, which probably explains what you showed me in the kitchen earlier. That's right. Yeah. So the first thing that we did was redefine the product roadmap that they currently had. They, yeah. And they had a couple of decent things on there, but they were also uh, chasing, uh, you know, a fictitious uh, product technology. So immediately wiped away uh, that. So prop- you get people who, yeah, not um, career corporate executives but you get people who understand the product markets right yep i love it i love it this makes me a new fan of eotech mm-hmm. voodoo all over again this is exciting yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so we've got a lot of Seeing new things those products that we saw mm-hmm. Ooh, i know that one if i don't if i can't steal that before you guys leave if the demand <laughs> and uh the the resources and supply chain weren't so crazy and we knew exactly when we were going to launch those we would be showing them right now but they're uh, I know Adam's slow at our place. <laughs> We're like, prepared. I'm quick at my job, Adam. Is what if we slow. put a big disclaimer up that says, don't ask when this, no ETAs. Don't tell anyone. Yeah, because that works. It always works. Uh, it totally yeah. works. Uh, well, okay, so that's where you guys are now. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah, so we've launched our, um, we've relaunched our three power 
magnifier and our G45 magnifier. Well, what the hell's the difference? Uh, five and three? Yeah, X? good math. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> difference of two. He knows <laughs> Why put all that other shit in there? Um, the magnifiers, that, that's popular with the kids now, huh? You guys sell a lot of that. We sell a ton of them, but, and, and a lot of it is because our product benefits from the magnifier more than it does from well, anything else. Well, I mean, so, but if you got a 5-MOA dot, then it's 25-MOA. Yeah, that's Negative. where... Right. No? That's where... What, that's, what's the deal? Without what, going you guys are arguing this? No. No, we're <laughs> arguing your statement. Yeah, your uh, statement's fucking wrong. Okay. Well, tell me, motherfucker. <laughs> So I'm here to learn, all I right? Ju- I just realized that uh, when he's talking, that camera's on. So I've been sitting here fucking making jackass faces, so well, you know, I have a lot of edits. We call those Aaron Hampton faces. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's my regular mug. <laughs> you guys share a camera. Yeah, I forgot about yeah, that I've, shit. That's not that's a good okay. You shouldn't do that anymore. <laughs> have your d- own just shit. put an emoji over him. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I'm going to remember, and I'll have fucking Captain Save the Planet <laughs> yeah. face. Yeah. Earlier, it well, was kind of creepy. Ha- so. How's that bullshit? So Aaron went into the optical path, and you know, if you were to dissect this product, you would see that the optical, optical path is pretty complicated. And that's why one of the reasons why we really can't shrink it down, uh, because there's a lot in there compared to a red dot. But one of the cool things about holography is it is driven by a laser diode as a, opposed to an LED light. Yeah. yeah. When you have a laser diode, it's a true point source. So the dot is actually tiny, really small. Our eye can only perceive that dot as one MOA or greater. So it's a one MOA dot. When you flip magnification in front of it, it's still a one MOA dot. No, but now bullshit. your target is three really? to five times greater. Yeah. Take a look. Set yep. It's true. And one point have to I, I mean, I mean over, uh, truth yeah. be told, me being honest, like I've never used a magnifier ever in my life. Sure. Well, and I've used an EOTech. Like yeah, no. I have it on guns, use it all the time. One of you guys made the point earlier, another advantage of using the magnifier versus a low power variable optic is a lot of people go from like one and then they dial right up to six. They're right. not really in between much. So now you can have your I agree one with that. One to three too. or a one to five in a smaller, lighter no package. Yep. Yeah, and and you're getting a much better field of view. Yep. Well, wait, what what is what is this in the magnifier way compared to your one to six? I think it's uh, going to be a little heavier. Or, yeah, or, I mean it's comparable. It's very wise. close. Yeah, the one to okay, six so heavier? it's not. You're, you're a little bit shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, you 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 take up a little bit less rail space so, going this way. But so this this is a little heavier, but. Maybe yeah, a little shorter. But maybe a little shorter, but I think it... You can the, always take that off, though. One yeah, power, it comes off real quick. One power, you're getting you're getting a wider field of view. You're getting a Definitely. faster reticle. Two you're, eyes open. You're getting much better off-axis performance than you could ever get with any LP, yeah. uh, LPO, L, LVPO. Okay, what? I feel LPBO. Like <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just, just say um, it. Uh, low power, variable optic. Uh Let's welcome Destiny to the stage. <laughs> <laughs> I love hearing my That's how I recognize my... you. There you go. I met all of them, dude. I met all Destiny's of them. Destiny's the guy. Candy's the guy. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what's, so th- that's oh, yeah, the thing. Heavy. That's the thing. When you start to think about what is the primary duty of that platform, if it's got to be super fast into action, uh, if your life depends on it, you know, with distance, you know, I need magnification for distance and for partial shots. Well, if I only have a partial target or it's far away, that buys me time. That buys me some security. But if I got a guy in the room with a gun, I need to kill him right now. So if my 
primary goal is it is is to have a fast into action fast yeah i guess that's no different than having that one power turning a yeah well well with night vision too even like a lot of civilians have night vision now it's getting more and more affordable this makes a lot more sense than an lpvo something we heard on a different podcast that we did too is there an optimum distance it's the one that you feel comfortable with for and and that sounds really fucking stupid but it's kind of like it's kind of like with your uh we've seen guys you know tip of the spear guys who have put their holographic sight pretty much all the way out on the end of the foreign uh, of their rifle because it's a true one x right and you're not going to well, see it uh well, so the distance from that i like them i like it so if you take this one you yeah. can see it better because the buttons are on the side. Yeah, I it, like it mashed against. It's the reason why we did so, the buttons on the side, right? Oh, that is so yeah. you can mount the magnifier close. And yep. so you'll see. Oh, the, I didn't know the that. Windage did you know that, Adam? I did not know the that. The windage and the elevation. Sure I, I thought it was for. It just makes sense why I feel like I knew that. Or yeah. Uh, yeah, it makes it more sense. Make sense <laughs> so, so, um, so there is the distance between the two. There is an optimum setting. Optimum for us is as close as possible. Okay. Because that way, the you, same you thing take they up say the least amount of rail in space. line night vision thermal. But you can because there's adopter adjustment there. You can adjust it, well, and also because there's you notice there's windage and elevation. Yeah, I, that was my next question. Why so do you, you have can that center on the here? reticle? Because yeah. when you put it back there, oh, oh, you don't want your reticle to look like it's. Caddy Wampus, okay. so yeah. I can adjust so that to put the, the reticle, and that's it. I don't change my zero at all. I just change my perception of the reticle inside of that. So it's kind of like I'm sure you've used yeah, a uh, PVS 14, yep. and you'll you know your dots yep. in a weird spot mm-hmm. that prevents that. All right, so that's why we have buttons on the side. That's why we have elevation windage here. Mm, that's awesome. And it's flipped aside so you can have that super fast reticle and, and the advantages of holography on one X. And then if I, you know, have a partial target or something far away, now I can bump that magnification up, but I still have a one MOA dot. Right. That's awesome. I did not know that. Holography is magic. Did you know that? I knew some of it. <laughs> the other part <laughs> other part of holography though is too is we can do uh ballistic dots you know we could have oh you guys dots showed me one in one of these right. we've got uh it's probably this one yeah, but we can make any reticle pattern we want so we've had we've done things for grenade launchers we've done things for m2s but we could put multiple dots in there the benefit is you have multiple one moa dots and you can yeah you guys did a 300 blackout sure. which you've given yep. me in the past which yep. is great is green still cool or are you guys doing oh red now green <laughs> so you gave me a green one couple years ago and i have it on one of my guns yeah, hey that was a long time ago was that during the zombie no. phase no don't, don't we wish so. though that yeah. would have been the way to do it yeah we did green um because we did pretty well with gray and instagram people are just blowing us up for od no, no, green he's talking about no, green, the, radical. The, the oh, green radical. radical i'm sorry yeah so green jesus radical. <laughs> but we are doing a green an od green site oh you are that's cool because anything we post on instagram it could be happy father's day and people say, well, what the hell? Why aren't you coming out with OD Green sites? <laughs> it's like, what's that? You well, know? I will say people can't tell because the podcast in black and white. That one's gray. That looks awesome. I yeah. want that on my gun. Mm-hmm. So you guys can do all of that stuff. Yeah. It, is is a, a green reticle, though, is that still a thing or that, that yep. died? No, it's still a thing. It, well, it took us a long time because green diodes uh, don't last as long from battery uh, life yeah. and they don't perform as well as red in like extreme temperatures, but oh, uh, we were able to overcome those to two things. And yeah, we do have a green reticle line that 
does pretty well, but it's um, we especially right now with the demand the way it is, we can't keep up with red. Yeah. So our green is is suffered uh, from a production standpoint. But, but so if you have green now, battery life and um, what was the other thing? Battery life and temperature. temperature. Temperature we've overcome. So what about battery life? Battery life is about the same too because green green is basically what is it five times easier to see or six times easier to see? Uh, it's it's eight times your the your rods and cones are eight times more receptive to the color green than red. So you can pick it up faster. Oh my god, I yeah. love what you guys are doing. I love it. This is awesome. Just don't need the twenty five power. Yeah, and I want to tune it down a little bit. There's more to follow. Look. Just like with the fix, we got to, you know, you, you've got to prove that you can do it on the hard stuff. Yeah. And and that was... 100%. That was... Has anybody pr- built a 25 no. power like this yet? No. The not J- a good one. JB, the, not him. Not no, a good no, no, one. No. Okay, you, we're talking to JB. Short. What what, what you got? Yeah, Who, I mean, who's done something? We With that, we kind of went after Schmidt and Bender. You know, they have a four thousand dollar. It's a five. It's a to five 20, to twenty. Five to twenty. That's right. It's a short dot. So, but four. Yeah. Times erect. We blow it away, and we're half the cost. Is, is it this size? It's uh, I think just um, it's half an inch longer yeah, or so. It's, it's between a half. Okay, and so inch longer. so we'll call that same. What's well, a what's the weight? It's I mean you're it's comparable. Yeah, the big the, difference is the right. price. So what's this retail? Price and the magnification. It's right. still Settle a, down, Hampton. God damn it! It's still five on the floor, but it only goes up to twenty. Ours is five on the floor and goes to twenty-five. So it's totally different. So four and five is not the same. Four X and five X are different. Yeah. What? Um, I'm no math magician, <laughs> but that checks out. <laughs> what's this cost retail? That depending on the radical is about twenty one hundred to twenty four hundred. Oh, God, I don't want to support Aaron Hampton at all, but that's a fucking bargain for everything that you're getting out of it. Plus, like I say, if you compare it to what we kind of built it against, you're save. I mean, you could buy a rifle along with the scope for what you would pay for a Schmidt and Bender. That I would argue is is as good. Well, I like to think I make a fair amount of money. I have two Schmidt and Bender scopes. And I've got about 200 rifles. Um, so, yeah, their shit be expensive. Mm-hmm. I, I do. Y'all's clicks are nice, too. I like the turrets on this stuff. Not too big. Clicks good. Yeah, I like a lot of stuff y'all do. Um, oh, my God. If I had this, if that was a 2 to 20. Because what's the night force? I like that power range, but that thing's bigger, heavier. So you'd be happy with the two to twenty in that size package? Oh my god, I'd be so happy. So, <clears throat> goddamn podcast world, do I hear you saying that if we build a two to twenty that is approximately that size, maybe a smaller objective? Because I think I could get away with a slightly smaller objective, make it a little more streamlined. Mm-hmm that you would package that on an 8.6 fixed <sighs> rifle for your community to go out and buy, and, and, and we could all do some great things for our customers together? Not only that, but I'll pay three grand for the first one. So you're saying we got a shot. <laughs> so, so you're saying there's a chance. So yeah, two to twenty in this size, right. like that. I mean, it's hard to argue having a different scope, honestly. So we're gonna run and 
get started. It's going to be a 34 millimeter tube because that's the only way I can get a, the, the exit pupil. I like that 34. It's cool. I think we can reduce that um, down to it, uh, probably a 40, 42 millimeter objective. I like that. We'll say about the same size as that. We're going to put some low profile turrets on it and we'll make it in a 2 to 20. On that beep to beep that you had in the uh, kitchen, that low profile turret, mm -hmm. that thing is so nice. And don't you love oh. that that click for the lock? It, just it was very nice. We'll click do those. Click. We'll do those. We'll do them a little bit larger. I, it's a I mean, bit that's it. Scope, because you know, there's a thing, and, and it, I mean, honestly, it's it's like Adam. What I talk thought about about the uh, the fix rifle. You know, we could do the most awesome thing in the world if it costs eight grand a piece doesn't matter. And I think it's the same thing with Smith & Bender. I like a lot of Smith & Bender scopes. I have two. Two of them were given to me. And that's not a knock on them. It's just right. like, I ain't paying $4,500 for a yeah. scope. Like, I'm not saying I wouldn't, but it needs to do something beyond what's out there Big now. Big difference, right? Like, like, it better have a built-in range finder. It better... I don't know what it would have to have. It would have to have something more. Yeah. But... You know, at two grand for a scope, if you can get all that stuff, oh my God, or in that price range. Sure. And it, and it's, you know, it's, it's car, right? It's, you can pay that kind of money for a Porsche or a Ferrari, but you're getting something that no other car can do for you. When you start Schmidt and Bender now, they have fantastic glass, but there's a lot of scopes with fantastic mm -hmm. glass at far better price points. Ten years ago, if you wanted the consistency and the reliability and the the clarity that you got from a Schmidt and Bender, you had very few options that weren't priced like Schmidt and Bender. But it's gotten good. You know, a lot of places have gotten really good, and the performance level has risen up. So to spend the kind of money that they demand, it, it, it's just a harder sell because the value proposition is really not quite there. And that's one of the I things think so. that's one of the things that actually hurt us, I believe, when we launched Voodoo, because you know, we, we we beat the hell out of the lawsuit earlier, but the fact that we couldn't market them, our goal was to build a scope that was very high performing but also offered a great value. Well, without the marketing, Voodoo's are great value. There's without no marketing doubt. though, people think that great value translates to cheap scope. And that's not the case. You know, so it is it put us it, behind. It is interesting, even in China. You know, when you and I were kids, um, and I think we're about the same age, but right there. So, Japanese stuff was cheap shit then, mm -hmm. and then Japanese evolves into great quality stuff, right? And then it's Chinese is the cheap crap, and now in China you can get crap all the way to great performing right. product. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so many U.S. companies have set up technology and factories there, and, you know, and the Chinese are not shy about stealing and ripping shit off. Um, and it is interesting, the quality that you can get in whether it's Japan or China or the Philippines, um, you know, compared. And, and, yes, Schmidt and Bender, I mean, it's just a different ballgame. When you talk about spending four to five grand on an optic, that is, I mean, you are in one small fraction of 1% of people that are sure. going to do that. Sure. Um, you and know. you know that in, in Europe, it's a hell of a lot cheaper, you know, to, to get a Schmidt and Bender yeah. optic. And uh, so, you know, a lot has to do with tariffs and trades and stuff. But 
you you're fighting for if done right and developed properly, you're going to end up with a nice kicking something. That was me with a a a good and high performing (coughs) uh, optic. It won't have the heritage or the legacy of a Schmidt and Bender, and you know who cares? Who who was that company, Uh, Kevin? I'm sure. Premier Heritage. Mm-hmm. You remember them? Was uh, that an offshoot of... Uh, well, it, uh, Premier Reticle. Yeah. Right? Reticle, so right. Premier Reticle, when the father died, the son started Premier Heritage. Well, Premier Reticle was from where? Was that from Schmidt or from U.S. Optic? No, it was, was that? no, no, no. It was a standalone mm-hmm. company, and they were redoing the Reticles for the Schmidt and Bender Marine Corps contract rifles. Used that's kind of the how horse they hair rode. Yeah, they did yeah. all the horsehair reticles. And that's kind of how they rose to prominence. Mm-hmm. And then the Sun, since they were working with all those Schmidt and Bender uh, engineers, and this is my understanding of what happened, you know, he started Premier Heritage. And when I first saw those scopes, I was blown away. The turret locks, everything they did about it was amazing. And honestly, that scope was every bit as good as a Schmidt and Bender. But he priced it the same as a Schmidt and Bender. Oh, yeah, you don't have that name. And you don't have that name. You don't have that. You know, I mean, it is part. I mean, JB, as you know, like doing marketing, you know, for me, starting Q. there's so many things to consider like number one to me you always have to have an innovative quality product period that's where it starts for me i'm not trying to compete with savage or yankee hill or you know smith and wesson and all these companies are great it's just not where i'm trying to Mm -hmm. be you know i ain't trying to be the biggest gun i'm not trying to be a commodity um but doing that building a a brand you know, and having brand equity, you know, I want everything we release to be the best in our product category. It's something I try to demand and I expect, and I want to build a culture that expects that from ourselves. And, and that allows me to, to charge a premium. Right. And if you don't have that, you can't, you got to compete with the other companies. Like marketing is difficult. You, You know, for me, I think like, I take to it kind of naturally, and I think there's some segment of the population that we do, and um, I'm able in some way to explain, but I'm also a product guy. I think like Aaron, where I understand both sides, and, and I demand this stuff of our product, and I know if we can reach this, then I can market it however we want, but I want to build a brand that demands a premium because I don't want to have... 2,000 employees. I'm not trying to be the biggest. I want to be the best. And we want to charge a premium for everything we do. But I also demand that when, whether it's our new trigger that's coming out or our new bipod or it's our gun, you're blown away when you pick it up. Like when I see this and you tell me that's a 25 power scope, I'm blown away. This is an example. And and you're right, Aaron. You can't, you can't like Schmidt and Bender has earned that over time. Absolutely. And I think they're falling off. I think that's just part of it. People are catching up. Yeah. 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 Yep. You know, and I think that's better. The, that they're catching up. You, you know, Schmidt and Bender's still great quality. Yep. But yeah. But, you know, when you talk about like price, you know, yeah. for me, I, I don't suspect that in 15 years from now, the fixed rifle that we offer now, if we offer the same one, it's going to be, it's not going to be the same price. It's going to be cheaper. Um, you know, you can adjust for inflation and everything. But, we should have something newer available. 
and it should and the old one should be less money or it should be discontinued. Sure. And I think that's a place where Schmidt and Bender is. Um, yeah. And a lot of the European companies. I mean, you know, call it H and K, whoever. All these companies that I've loved and aspired to be over the decades that I've been in the industry. You know, it's tough being those European companies. You know, they just got a different mindset. There's a different gun culture in Europe. Um, ownership, barrier to entry, mm-hmm. like the requirements are different. And it used to be, you know, optic-wise, I think before, you know, to one of your competitors, Leupold, give them a little bit of a tribute. You know, before them, that was kind of what was expected for uh, a Tier 1 asset optic would yep. be a European thing. That technology really wasn't here. And, and I think it is now. You know, their old technology, which is still phenomenal, is available and, you know, you can have it done in Japan or other places. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can add greater quality control and stuff like that. Um, the turret situation, the the reticles, all these things have changed. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what they've really got to offer now at that price point. And, and a lot of it has to do with being at a point where you can rest on your laurels, right? I mean, if people are still going to pay Schmidt and Bender prices for what is a, you know, a really and truly a Me Too product at this point, and in some ways they've fallen off. I mean, the last Schmidt and Bender that I bought was a 5 to 20, and it came in a white box that said Schmidt and Bender. It was wrapped in corrugated paper with two mm-hmm. rubber bands holding it together, and I'm like, God damn it, mm-hmm. I just wrote nine pages on packaging for voodoo and these son of a guns get away at double the price point and you get nothing it doesn't last forever you ever seen the movie bull durham mm-hmm. yeah so do you remember kevin costner he's in he he's there and it's uh what's what's the the lady's name in that the actress it's like the hot older lady she's married to tim robbins now and i think they met oh on yeah the set. susan sarandon susan yeah, sarandon so 30 years ago she she was hot She's not bad now. Um, I have no idea. She's but anyway, I, I think I on like the set of that movie, she married. She met Tim Robbins. They've been married a long time. She's 20 years older than him. They got kids. Whatever. But in the movie, Kevin Costner, he is like a career, you know, 15, 20-year minor leaguer, has the most home runs ever in the minor leagues. No one knows it but her. And But there's a scene when Tim Robbins comes into the minor leagues, like right out of high school or whatever, and he's like, wow, but he throws like 105-mile-an-hour you know, fastballs. And there's the shower scene. And, and there I, you go. I still, yeah, Aaron will relate to that part. But <laughs> to me, the, the part that I, that I relate to is Kevin Costner. So Tim Robbins, he like had a good game. He comes out of the shower, and they're interviewing him. And Kevin Costner pulls him aside and says, hey, look, asshole, when you've won 20 games in the major league, it's cool to have, like, mold on your flip-flops. But when you're in the minor league and you won your first game, you're just like a douchebag. And it's kind of a thing, like resting on your laurels. Or if you're absolutely the best, you can get away with whatever you want from a marketing standpoint. And that's marketing, like those guys presenting themselves. But, you know, Kevin Costner being a veteran is like, hey – when you've actually accomplished something, and until then, you know, you got to put in the work. Um, and, and, and I always think of that. And, and that's where I think, because I like to try all kinds of marketing. And, and, and with our company, the culture, and especially the engineering, as long as we're best, we can market however we want. 
if you know we had a product that is comparable to something else in the market, then we got to find other ways to market it. And um, I've always found that to be interesting. But yes, yeah, Schmidt and Bender, they're in the situation now where you've got that name, but just like H and K, you know, when I was young, starting in our industry, H and K was the best gun company in the world by far. Like their marketing, their products, like they were just next level. And they're not now. Yeah. And, um, but that's the H and K I think of. And that's, you know, that Knight's Armament and stuff. So what's inspired me, but we have to be best. Um, otherwise, yeah, it's a commodity. And I think that's probably where Schmidt is now. Sure. H and K has got a great Instagram. Yeah. Their Instagram Very is good. terrific. Yeah. Yeah. But product wise, it's like, I still like H and K stuff, mm-hmm. but I mean, when I was young and Jim shots and Wayne Weber, they were doing the demos, and they had the belt feds, and they had the P7s and the USPs and the MP5s. All that stuff was still kind of state-of-the-art. They were on top of the world, and they stopped innovating. And I could probably buy H&K now. <laughs> so it's like, who cares? Well, you know, and they, they do the fits and starts thing where they say, okay, um, you know, we built this facility out in Georgia. You guys are going to start to command your own destiny out at HK USA. And then they pull that back and they push it forward. And well, you probably have that experience at the FN where it's like you're a U.S. subsidiary of a f- European company is just so much lost in translation it's very difficult i think though you can look at it one of two ways <clears throat> and like it love it hate them whatever but you know i think you've got to um, you almost if you're going to have that conversation you have to look at sig as kind of a a benchmark for it you know prior to ron cohen regardless of what you think about him and the the company as a whole it was completely run by the germans And, you know, it was uh, his attitude and leadership and, and, you know, no no matter what you think about it personally or as a whole, ultimately it was their trust in him, in Ron Cohen and what he was planning to do that allowed them to make the transition to say, okay, our brand is not dependent upon the idea that the gun is marked made in Germany. That yeah, the Americans can do good things. Adam, would you agree? That was, I mean, I remember I got a, I was on a conference call with Larry Vickers and Mac from uh, Military Arms Channel, mm-hmm. probably 2015, where they firmly believed that the German 226 or 8 or 9, I guess, was w- 8, was way better than the American version. And, and, you know, so I met with the engineers. I got an idea of all the differences, and then I met with them. But it was still something we were fighting then was the German stuff was way better. Yeah. And that might come down to volume. You know, I don't know what their volume was when it was all Germany, but coming into the U.S., volume was massive. So, you know, well, and, fit and, and, and but then be what, more mass-produced. I don't know. What but, is your metric for determining that, right? I mean, right. for the most part, it's just that I like the stuff that came out of German, Germany. You know, that, well, but, you I know, see. why do we like that? You, you know, I think it's a thing. And I think most of the time... You Same think, reason why everybody wants a Swiss watch. Right? And they're probably mostly right. But, you know, a thing with the German. So this must have been 228, 229 talk because it was with Germans were stamping the slides and doing all the stuff. And then it's in the U.S. where 
machining the stuff and they believed it was lower quality and you know so i just kind of ran through all that stuff with them um and i think at the time when we first started doing all that stuff over here it probably was as good or better and you know i don't know if it is now there as many guns as they're producing but there is something to be said for i mean especially you know the germans the austrians the swiss small volume mm -hmm. everything you know, you got a real craftsman that's seeing and holding and finishing every part. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that it it's equivalent or or better than or or whatever. My point is simply that when you look at HK, they're not allowed to make those market decisions that would benefit from the U.S. side. And no, at the no time back mm -hmm. then, Sig was in the same position, and so now, you know. They had some trust. They had some faith. They gave it a risk, and they allowed SIG USA to kind of dictate their own course. And when you look at H&K, they're not there. When you look at FN, they're not there. And from working at FN, even for the short time that I was there, one of the things that really stuck out to me is that that may be a hindrance, you know, having that European parent company, but you can also use it as a crutch, and then it's going to hinder your growth and development yeah. further because now you've got a built-in excuse for anything that doesn't go well. Yeah, I mean there are those people, and and that's where I think. Well, it I will give Ron Cohen credit there. He wanted to do things the Germans didn't want to do. He didn't use it as a crutch. He just became determined to bring all that stuff to America, and I'll credit him there. Because although I'm sure the German stuff, because we know the Swiss stuff was great, and I'm sure the German stuff was too, if they're an unwilling participant, it's not going to be good for Americans. Absolutely. And we've seen it. Either they don't send stuff, they're not responsive. I mean, it's adversarial. Like, I saw it at H&K, and, you know, I saw it at SIG. And, and I think Ron made the right decisions there. I mean, the market for SIG was in America. Yep. And, and, you know, I honor him with that. He did a lot of good stuff in that regard. Um, it, it, you know, things I don't like about him is he is probably what the Germans would say now. Um, he's willing to cut corners that I don't think are, are the right call. But, you know, it's, it's, he gets to be the CEO there, and I'm not, so... Adam His gets call. to be the CEO here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I would hope our culture would be, you know, it's got to be more reasonable. Like we, right. we, But we're in a different position than SIG. They want to be the oh, biggest yeah. gun company in the world, right. and they're chasing all this stuff. Well, yeah, but, I mean, where you got to give yourself credit is the vision of what you want to be and where you want to be. And yeah. Ron Cohen had a vision for where he wanted SIG I, to be. I think, you agree and I this. think Ron personally is where he wants to be, and sure. that's a position I would never want. And I think... Uh, Q is and is definitely getting to a place where I want to be personally. Right. I don't want to wear a suit and, you know, act like I'm important. And I don't want to be the biggest gun company in the world. I want Adam and I to run the the best gun company in the world. And not the biggest, but, you know, we have the best brand equity and we have the most innovative stuff and we do the you know, and we have the best quality of life every day. You know, yeah. my hope for not only Adam, but whether it's Thomas or Jay or every employee at Q is that you love every day you work or as many as possible and that, y you know, you're, you're kept from a lot of the big company bullshit and um, that we do something that everybody knows makes a difference 
And, you know, everyone has some sort of fulfillment and value in what they do, and they're proud of the products that we release. And, and I would say it again here. I mean, with these products here, I would be super proud of my guys. So I can't wait to see. Like, what? okay, so you guys now, we're going to shift gears. You guys now are no longer L3. So it's just EOTech. Well, first of all, where'd the name Voodoo come from? Yeah. <laughs> um. So there were a couple projects that we were working on that I, I mentioned earlier uh, that were kind of fictitious in technology. Was, we were just chasing something that really didn't exist. JD, feel show. free to dodge this question sure. accordingly. So on previous podcasts, people have brought you up in conversations about you know pistol red dots. So the question is, why isn't EOTech oh. making a holographic pistol red dot? Yeah, we've always wanted to. Um, I mentioned earlier in the podcast that you know, there's a I lot like of these. stuff in that optic in this holographic site. There's yep. an optical path that, you know, goes about eight different ways. Um, so it is really, really difficult. So there's a lot of things in, in that that product. The optical path has about eight different angles in, into it. So it's very, very difficult to make it smaller. This is really about as small as we could do it with the, the technology that is here. We have some new technology that we're, we're working on that might allow us to do that. Mm -hmm. But it's just really difficult to uh, to minimize it. So we do have some things in the works mm -hmm. uh, for pistol sights. It won't be holographic at first, but we do have it in our roadmap uh, down the road. Yeah. If this new technology is what we think it is, we'll have something holographic in the next couple of years. That's awesome. Very exciting. For these ones, could you make us just a, compatible with a smaller battery? Uh, yeah, you can, um, but there's a trade-off. The, yeah. the, I mentioned earlier, it's powered by a laser diode, so there's a lot of advantages to using the laser diode. We talked about how the dot size is really small, mm -hmm. but it takes a lot more to run that laser diode. So gotcha. if you do um, other batteries, A, they're not as common as a CR123 or AA like we have some other models, and then B, you just run out of runtime. You know, we're we've always been uh, hammered on runtime, mm -hmm. uh, especially when you compare it to you know red dots that run for five yeah, years. Yeah, I, I guess I was probably wondering the same thing as Adam. Like, if you shrink it down to half the size, can you use one battery instead of two? No, for one, you can't shrink it down <laughs> to half the size. Uh, I always thought I disagree. I'm not we should be able to shrink it down half the size. That's what I say. Just grab it by the corner I've and just seen, drag it lower. I've seen Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. You know what's cool <laughs> is that we get a couple of counterfeits in every week. Oh, the airsoft bullshit. Oh, mm -hmm. for like RMAs or whatever. But we've never so in all the twenty plus years of EOTech history of all the counterfeits that we ever got in, no one's ever counterfeited the holography part it's just a red dot in our trade dress yeah. and jb said it a long time ago and I, I, it's the most fitting thing in the world it's like holography is fucking hard and we struggle every day magic every, ain't cheap every day every day we struggle to do it well magic uh, ain't cheap man and we're working on it but even if we did reduce the light path which we figured out how to reduce the light path right make the window smaller and all that other stuff our current technology does not does not allow us to replay that hologram with anything other than a laser diode, right. and laser diodes are power hungry, so we're still going to have a big battery. The problem that we were talking about earlier with dealing with corporate was that hey, you got a good thing, just keep making that good thing, keep printing that money, don't worry. Yeah, about it. I mean now that's that something. we're not constrained by that, we're working feverishly 
to execute some priorities that we've had for a while in product management that we've wanted to bring to life, we're now being, you know, unleashed to bring those things to life to reduce that. Well, so you'll see it. Uh, I mean, one thing we can talk about here. So you got this one without the outer shield because the aluminum outer shield adds a lot of weight. It adds a bit of weight, but more importantly, I think it, it really does, in, in a lot of instances, it kind of detracts from your peripheral, you know, right. I mean, because it's adding that extra amount, and we had to do yeah. that to ruggedize it. But what we wanted to do was add, you know, give it an all-aluminum housing, an all-metallic housing, um, and that, to me, is just, it, it's it's as cool as it gets in this form factor. And, and we've got it. Um, it's we're working on our, what we're calling, uh, uh, you know, holography Gen Two, uh, where we can kind of leapfrog where we're at and our requirements for that from product management, and that the engineers are working diligently toward is reduction in size, reduction in power consumption, scalability. Yeah. And well, to me, I don't care about the, the power consumption. I don't know why people worry about that. Like the battery, although those one, two, three batteries are expensive, it's so cheap. Yeah. Like I want smaller, lighter. I don't give a fuck about the. Uh, right. If I got to put a new battery in it every time I go to oh. hunt, oh, I'm gonna spend seven thousand dollars. I don't want to spend another dollar thirty eight on a battery. Like no, you know our struggle. Our struggle has been for years. We're for one, we're fighting the five year uh, battery life of LEDs. That's but stupid. The way that we've always sold against it, but it just doesn't. People don't comprehend it. Is this will still last longer than any of your la on-gun lasers, your flashlights, your um, communications, yeah, all of that stuff. Yeah, flashlights, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, you're still talking months, but because all of these red dots are offered and run in such a low consumption and can market five years, we take a beating. Mm -hmm. Especially this is so easy to turn off, mm -hmm. but... Yeah, I, I just, that's so irrelevant to me because I never know how long I've had a battery in this. So if I've got it on my gun and it's probably once a year I change the battery. Like, I, I don't, what's it cost me? Two bucks? Yeah. And like, I don't remember, I don't mark it. That's stupid. Five years. I'm not going to go out or defend my life on right. something at four and a half years. Like, change the fucking battery. Sure. So I don't get it. I, I hate those CR. 2032s or whatever. Uh, yeah. They don't last worth a shit. If you can, I mean, when they're super ten, uh, temperature sensitive. Right. As well. Oh, they are? Yeah. Well, well if you can you have know. it in this, like it's better than nothing. Well, but yeah, in and this, it, and you've oh. got an etch reticle. Yeah, you so have a reticle. It, you've always got a reticle. Right. You yeah. Know, but in that or, or in a red well, dot, you, your battery dies, you've got nothing. So why wouldn't you change the battery? Who are the competitors to this? Like, like if somebody doesn't buy an EOTech, what do they buy? A name point? Yeah, Aimpoint, um, you know, Vortex has a, um, you know, a line of red dots. Oh, I guess Sig, Sig has some now cheap too. ones yep. now. Yep, Holosun has some uh, full size. Holosun is is that Korean China? What what is that? It's Chinese. They're Chinese. Chinese. Yep. Do they make any good quality stuff? You think their quality stuff is comparable? You know, it's, it kind of goes back to that Premier Heritage model, right? They have some products that are that are that I would say are as good as some top tier SIG and Vortex and uh, Aimpoint, but they cost the same as the SIG and the Vortex and Aimpoint. So they're comparable inside of that. They have any good technology you guys don't have? I give them credit. They, for one, I mean, from a marketing standpoint, I think they've done a really good job because yeah. they really have overcome the Chinese stigma. 
You know, there was always Yeah, there. it's interesting. Guys our age now most, it seems like half the consumers and 100% of the vocal people on social media are young enough to be our grandkids. So... <laughs> I know, so so it is very different. But Holosun has done some good marketing. Yeah, and they they do different color reticles. They do some solar stuff. So they they do some titanium. unique things. Yeah, titanium. But um, you know, it's it's not that hard to make a red dot reflex sight. So there's but, no technology. Okay, there. so so they're not innovating technology. They're just taking existing stuff and. That's always and been our struggle. Really well. We've always been always been told, why don't you guys come out with a red dot? Well, we can do that in six months we can have a red dot out there but we're not a red dot company <sighs> i wonder if right? it'd be good i don't know maybe you should get net space and who knows maybe we will but now that we've finally been given the runway to figure out the next evolution of evolution of holography knowing the advantages that it brings to the fight we're going to go in that direction first and see how we can reduce it and make a more compelling product that people are looking for, stronger, lighter, faster, better battery life. And if, if we, in that, in that endeavor, if we've come to a point where we're like, it makes sense for our customer for us to offer a red dot, then we will. Well, I want to applaud you guys. Uh, I love the EOTech. I wish it were lighter. But I love it, and if I have to count on it to save my life with someone who might have a gun as well, it's probably my go-to. So thank you guys. Um, I appreciate explaining the whole lawsuit stupid shit and me more than anyone understands dealing with the freaking government. Um, so that's that's interesting, and I hope people will take that away. This, the 5 to 25, this is incredible. I mean, you guys should be proud. Yeah, we I are. I mean, I'm not saying you should give Aaron a raise, but if he's going to give me presents and buy me alcohol, you should give him a raise if he Hell was a part yeah. of this. We don't, uh, pay, we don't pay him with money anyways. <laughs> no, but, but, snacks. but this is super cool. And you get a lit reticle because it was something I didn't care about. When the 3 to 18 little pole, the Mark uh, 6, 8, what is that? I think it's uh, the three, 3 to 18 was the Mark 5, wasn't it? No. Nah. Oh, no, all, the, right, all so the 6X stuff was Mark 6. No, the, right. the, it's Mark 6 because the, the right. 6X stuff six. was Mark 6. So I yeah. loved it, and that's what I learned to shoot on when, you know, that's when CAG had it and everything with the H58 and then the H59. Great scope. It's not much bigger than this, but it's only 3 to 18. But, um, you know, I got to a point when I was probably 42, then I can't see anymore in low light. I need a little dot. And so this is awesome, having part of the reticle be lit. I love this. This is a phenomenal scope. People ask me all the time, like, what should you get for your fix? It's like, well, what are you doing? If you're hunting with it, maybe it's a 1 to 10, it's a 2 to 12, it's a 3 to 15. If you're laying down or you're shooting at a bench, this is a great optic for that gun. If you're going to run PRS, you know, five is right. a great to kind of scan, dial in tight for them. partial. Yeah, I know you don't love them, but <laughs> no. the, the fix no, works you're well right. for it, you know. The, the fix, but um, five power for that kind of stuff is good. Um, and for me, if I'm, if I'm just target shooting, if I don't hunt, I don't need a low power, five to 25. And people don't realize, uh, probably like you, like I'm a magnification whore. Like if I can get 40, Hell, I want 40. The problem is, you know, you and I also being your Cajun ass and then me being from the South, it's 
there's not a whole lot of the year you're shooting past 25 power without right. mirage like no, proper it's fucking like crazy so it is sometimes it's only 15 that is a great scope that other companies should be chasing you know that's, what i, I think is true gross. is uh on you guys's next giveaway we'll add like one of all the swag here to whatever you guys give away. Really? We can do go. that? Yeah, let's, pl- let's plan a giveaway right now. Let's give them. Right. Let's give let's something away. What I want more do? than that out of you. Okay, all right? What, 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 what do you want? Adam's the CEO. What, what gun are you giving away? Are you giving away a gun? I didn't mean to say that. No. We <laughs> 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 now you are. <laughs> we certainly can. I think... What we should would, we give depending away? Depending on what you guys are going to do. We'll we do would it. give away this 5 to 25 if you oh, give yeah? away a gun. Oh, there's one in there? Yeah, there's one a. That's not the one I... No, All right, mine's gonna, right here. We're going to give away. It's got to be a fix. A 6.5 fix with jumbo shrimp. Oh, that's nice. Damn. This, with this 5 to 25? Yeah. Done. Done. And, and a yeah. swag pack. Yep. It's like five grand already. What do they have to do? More. Then? That's the, more than five grand. So That's like six grand. So we're going to do a. Um, Thomas, you probably got this in your back do? pocket. Speak up. We're we going to post something on our Instagram story. With a donate to FPC. Oh, FPC. Because it tells us who donated on that story post. And whether it's $5 or $100, whatever it is, more the merrier. Uh, yeah, but somebody you, on there is you know, win. some people, like I can afford 100 bucks. Some people, yeah. they can afford five, and I think that's yeah. awesome. When you get everybody involved, don't need to be a bitch about it. Yeah, done. Yeah.